Welcome, everybody. Happy Monday, episode 77, SF Live. My name is Kai Hoffman. I'm the CEO of the SOAR Financial Group, and it's my pleasure to welcome in a few seconds Warwick Smith. He's the CEO of American Pacific Mining, and uh, we'll be chatting with him about the projects they have in Nevada and Montana. But before we get started, please be reminded to make sure to follow us on YouTube, on Twitter. We're also on Instagram, Spotify, and other podcasting platforms where you can find this episode. Make sure to follow us there. Leave a like, leave a comment. Uh, constructive feedback is always really welcome and appreciated. Also about the company, make sure you comment there. I know Warwick and others sort of uh, go go to the comment section, see what's going on, answer questions there as well if anything does not get answered during this conversation. Also, very importantly, use hashtag AskUSGD as the company's ticker as our uh, hashtag for this episode. Make sure to ask your questions there. I've seen already a couple of questions come in on Twitter. We'll make sure to address those if they don't get answered in the general conversation I have with Warwick. So that's the end of the intro. Let me switch over to Mr. Warwick Smith. Warwick, how are you doing? I'm good, Kai. How are you? Uh, not too bad. It's Monday. Full of energy still. So I'm sure I'll get my spirits uh, crushed later this week. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all good. Well, I appreciate you having us on. Thanks so much. Oh, no, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's all good. Like gold is up this morning. So we're all in a good mood, I think. So we'll see how that goes mm-hmm. and what the week brings. But uh, the American Pacific Mining, like you've been around for a little bit. But uh, since you're first time on SF Live, like give, give us a quick like 60, maybe 120 second rundown on American Pacific and how it all came together. Yeah, absolutely. So we took the company public in a, uh, March of 2018. Uh, got three core assets. The Madison asset is new to the company. Uh, came in in June of this year. We closed the transaction. That's the main asset. Uh, it's in partnership with Rio Tinto. So Rio may spend up to 30 million US to earn 70%. Uh, high grade scarnet surface porphyry underneath in Montana. Uh, and then two other assets uh, in Nevada. The uh, high-grade Tuscarora, it's a uh, high-grade epithermal system just outside of Elko, Nevada. And then the Gooseberry Mine, which is about 45 minutes outside of Reno. So three, we really sort of focused on Western U.S. uh, and high-grade advanced-staged assets. And then we're looking to bring in partners for those assets. Okay, fantastic. So um, obviously Madison is the first project you mentioned. Like that's uh, the first one we have to talk about. You got the big major in there as well. You really need to talk mm-hmm. about that deal came together. You did it in the, in the heights of COVID. I think in April you sort of announced it. You did a whole lot of corporate action around it as well. Um, run us through mm-hmm. the deal terms and the structure. How did you get that project? Yeah, you, I think you yourself and, and your listeners might, might get a bit of a kick out of this. Um, I actually toured this mine in a uh, 2016 uh, went underground with with my partner Eric Saderholm. We really liked the asset, but uh, another company by the name of Broadway actually beat us out. Um, they 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 got it. Before. We really got a chance to negotiate on it. So good on them. Did some they did some great work in 2017. They drilled it, hit some really cracker high grade holes surface, uh, but also drilled into the porphyry. The company had about a 75 million dollar market cap at the time. They went through a management change, uh, some corporate changes, and then in April of 2019, they did the deal with Rio Tinto. So they brought in Rio as a partner. That's April. And then in June of 2019, they halt the company uh, and they put out an announcement that they've turned it into a psychedelics company uh, selling a um, or essentially dealing with like a, a medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> so got out of mining completely, uh, but left the door open for us. So reached out to the company, uh, got in touch with their CEO. Uh, it was a bit of a long protracted negotiation, uh, but we ended up a, uh, purchasing the asset uh, in, in conjunction with Rio, so the, the, the deal with Rio came with us, uh, we paid $2.4 million in stock for the asset. So it's 20 million, at the time it was 20 million shares. Uh, those are come free trading at the end of December. So we'll have a whole slew of new shareholders. 
uh, along with you know a nice big asset that we can really hang our cap on. No, no fantastic, interesting. Um, Rio is always a good name to have on your board, obviously, but they're looking for massive projects, so hopefully you, they find something mm-hmm. that's of interest to them. But the, the deal terms, like with with Rio as well, like did Rio have to sign off on that uh, on that deal, or were they how, how were they involved in the deal making? You just don't sell a joint venture like that without the, the major being involved in the the, the process there. Hundred percent. Yeah, they were involved from. I wouldn't say the get go because the initial conversation was was with the uh, was with Broadway, the company that we bought it from. Uh, but we very quickly spoke to Rio. So the way that, without getting into too much of the the minutia of it, the the way that we structured it was the way that we could purchase it. So we essentially purchased the sub, um, which was the way of of making sure that we could get the deal done. But Rio has been friendly the whole way through, which has been great. One of the interesting parts of working working with a major is it it's a it's a bit of David and Goliath. Uh, you're the smaller company. They're they're I mean, Rio's the third largest mining company in the world uh, by revenue. Uh, so yes, they're looking for something big, and that makes it very exciting for American shareholders. What can be your issue uh, is becomes things like news flow, etc. Um, and of course, this is a, a joint venture agreement that we inherited that we didn't write. So there's things in it that probably we would have done differently. Here's what I would say. They've been tremendous to work with. Um, they drilled this in 2019, got some great results. They never released them. Uh, so we got to go through that process of writing the press release, having them review it and, and release it. You know, they basically said to us, look, you know, write your press release, send it over. We'll have it back to you within five business days and, and you can put it out. Uh, so they've been very great to work with from that standpoint. They're actually drilling as we speak. Uh, they, they're on a whole poll six right now. Uh, they've been giving us weekly updates They've just been great communicators. A little bit to my surprise, and I don't say that to be at their detriment. It, I just assumed big company, uh, that could be a challenge. It has not been a challenge to date. No, interesting. Okay, like as you said, like I'm, that's what general consensus is, that majors just do not communicate, at least, uh, or often they don't, right? Um, yeah, and I've been, I've been through that, and, and, and I've lived through those challenges, and, and it, it can be difficult. Um, thankfully, to to date, touch wood, it, it's it's hasn't been the case. No, and now run us through the joint venture terms as well. Like you inherited, it, obviously, but what I'm always keen on is like is actually Rio paying you any money to sort of to help to help to hold on, and what does it cost you to hold the Madison project? Because you're the official owner. Yeah, of it. yeah. So we're the official holder of it. Thankfully, they pay for all the claim fees, etc. Uh, they pay us, although it's it's a small amount. They paid us fifty thousand dollars US this year. Uh, and in that number ratchets up slightly, I think next year at 75,000 US per year. But you know, the most important part is them spending the money on the drilling. So they spent about $2 million last year. You know, when we first got a, um, got this project and got the transaction done, uh, we got a PowerPoint that, that laid out what their program was going to be this year. And it was significant. Uh, it was north of 100 holes. Uh, it was going to be a, a, a really big program, multiple drills on site. Now, because of COVID, uh, they've scaled it down slightly, uh, but they're going to break it into two years. They're going to drill this year and they're going to drill next year. So I suspect they're going to do somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 holes this year. Uh, as they say, they're on hole number six right now. Uh, and they're trying to tie together. There's three old mines on the project. There's the there's the Madison, the Broadway, and the Hudson. And it's about a one-kilometer strike length. Uh, so they've got drill pads laid along that, nine drill pads laid along that uh, one-kilometer strike length. And they're drilling fans of holes off off of those drill pads so we're excited to see what they get it's a uh, it's a high grade asset there's been some real real cracker hits there before 30 meters of an ounce per ton gold uh 61 meters of almost seven percent copper uh on and on so 
if we can see some some holes like that, as you know, uh, you know, exciting drill holes are, are getting rewarded in this market. Now, how much of the like it's five million initially for the initial um, was it fifty one percent? Please correct me. Um, have have right. they spent already? And will they be taking over uh, project management of the whole thing when you when they reach that threshold? So great question. They they've spent they spent two million last year. I don't know what their final number is going to be this year, and I don't know if they're going to choose to do that earn in or if they're going to wait. Uh, sometimes the concern is you know if these guys come and earn in, then you could turn around and sell your percentage, which is something that I don't think that they would want, uh, having they've already been through that once. So they may wait to earn in until they get to seventy. Let's see how that shakes. Um, they're running the project as it is now. So they're running the drill program, they're paying for claim fees, they're doing all of those things. So we're already in sort of that position where, you know, we're in, we're, we're second fiddle to them uh, as they're doing the exploration. Interesting. Okay. And uh, like the other day you put out some drill results, like you, you, you hinted at the historic results that you put out, historic from 2019 yeah. drilling. So historic is relative, yeah, right? Um, yeah. But like the market didn't like it, although it was a longer intercept, it was like it was one gram, one point one six gram. Like, what was the issue with it? Run us through that. Help us understand it. Like, why was it still a decent inter intercept for, for for your company? I I would love to tell you why the market reacted the way it did, but that part I can't quite <laughs> sort out on my own. <laughs> Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, we were really pleased. I mean, what they've done and kind of what I alluded to on the drilling that they're doing this year is they're trying to expand out the known mineralization. So there's actually a 3D model that we put together. It's up on our website if people are interested to, to take a look. And what it does is it shows all the holes that have been drilled previously, uh, puts together uh, gold and copper shapes, uh, and then shows how the 2019 drilling expanded that out. Uh, so in the case of the 2019 drilling, one of the holes expanded it out 140 meters, another hole expanded it out 108, and another hole expanded out 44, roughly. The numbers are, are in that 3D model, but it gives you an idea that what they're seeing is they're seeing expansion of this scar in its surface. Here's what was interesting to us. Again, when we got into this, Eric, who's my business partner uh, on this, we kind of looked at each other and said, you know, I'm, you know we, we thought that Rio would be porphyry or bust, that the scar would have, you know, maybe limited interest to them. That hasn't been the case at all. Uh, their drilling this year is all for the scar. Uh, they've just seen that there's such good grade there and if they can put size to it and a, a kilometer worth of strike length is good size, uh, then that's going to be a good target for them. So that excites us, you know, and that was one of the things, again, that we were happy about with that that drilling that when we put it out. Now the market came down, but but sometimes these things happen. <laughs> well, medicine doesn't take a lot of your time, right? But I still have one question in there, like Montana. It's like Idaho and Nevada is obviously taking all the attention um, in, in the mining space right now. Montana is a bit unknown. Run us through the process in Montana. What does it look like? Uh, I've, one thing I have in my mind or like I heard before is that open pit, for example, is not possible in Montana at this point. Um, they're, they're, they're only underground mining is an opportunity possibility. So run us through the, Montana as a mining jurisdiction these days. Yeah, absolutely. I think like a lot of places, you know, when we think about, you know, we think about, oh, Nevada's, you know, a fantastic place to, to do mining. Uh, Montana, okay, maybe that's got its issues. Montana's a big state. So there's definitely parts of the state now that have become, you know, very wealthy. Uh, there's there's definitely parts of the state, and people always bring this up, that the, a lot of the uh, big celebrities go down, they buy homes, what have you. I think if you're trying to do mining in those areas, you're going to come up against a lot of resistance. Uh, where we are is in an area called Silver Star. Uh, so Golden Sunlight, which is a um, barracks mine and, and process facilities, is about 40 minutes away. Um, 
there are numerous mines in this area, including Butte. You know, Butte was the fourth largest porphyry in the world. That's 48 kilometers from where we are and structurally on the same trend. That's the type of thing that 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 Rio's looking for. Um, you know, and that that produced two billion pounds of copper, 715 million ounces of silver, and three million ounces of gold. So believe me, you can do you can do mining in Montana if you're doing it right. The other point that that we were really pleased about with when we went back to this, and we saw it first in 2016 and then just bought it recently, uh, was the fact that Rio was involved. Uh, you know this, as, as these majors get involved, they do a tremendous amount of due diligence in advance. So Rio will, truly believes that if they find it, they'll be able to put it in production. It ultimately will be their production decision if they get to that point. Uh, and they, they, they believe that there's just something in, in an area of Montana, et cetera, that they can put into production. So. That gave us good comfort. Fantastic, perfect. I think that's enough on Madison. Um, let's, let's shelf that one for now. Let's let's talk about the other two projects, yeah. uh, Tuscarora and yeah. also Gooseberry. And uh, I'll leave it up to you which one you want to talk about first. But run us through the programs there, because sure. I know we got a couple of questions on Twitter about the programs and uh, the ideas and plans for moving forward. So maybe we start with Tuscarora. Yeah, that's a great guy. Yeah, look, Tusk, we love this asset. This is the, actually the asset we started the company on. Uh, so high-grade epithermal system, real focus on high-grade. Again, been cracker grades drilled on this previously. Uh, this was owned by Novo Resources. Uh, we optioned it from them initially. Uh, they were great partners in that they they were always available to help us and, and, and point us in the right direction and answer questions as we were drilling. So, you know, a big thank you to them along the way. We drilled this in 2018. In 2019, we brought in Oceana Gold as a partner on it. They drilled it. Unfortunately, they pulled out uh, right at the end of 2019, um, beginning of 2020, I think we announced, that was is when they pulled out. Uh, they pulled out before they even got the drill holes. Uh, they were having some issues of their own. Uh, they ended up closing their Reno office, which was a shame because they had a really great team down there, great group of guys. Uh, but we ended up with the project back 100%. We've recently, about three weeks ago, we've just brought in a new partner. It's a junior that's just going public. They're either going to start trading this week or next. Uh, we're excited to have them come in. We're going to own a couple million shares of that company. So that's probably another you know million to $2 million short bottom line by owning some of their shares. Uh, and they're going to drill it this year as well. So we're very excited to put out drill results on that asset. Um, again, high grade epithermy system right off the highway. Uh, great place to do business. Definitely the type of thing that you can put into production. Very, very exciting project for us. So very happy with that. Uh, and then Gooseberry is the other project just outside of Reno. Uh, this is one that uh, was a, uh, we were sitting, myself, Ken and, and uh, Ken Cunningham and uh, Eric Saderholm were sitting around at PDC saying, okay, we're bringing in Oceana. We need to add another project. You know, what else is out there? Uh, and the name Gooseberry came up. And Gooseberry was a past producer. It was owned by a company called Asamera. Uh, that had a bunch of assets in the U.S. Uh, last, this was last in production in 1994. Last touched in 1994. Uh, they'd gone down about a thousand feet on it. Uh, they had ore, ore, what they would have considered ore, um, uh, down to 1,400 feet. Uh, but Asamera went broke. Nobody's touched it ever since. Uh, high-grade gold, silver asset. Uh, again, we we're trying to focus on those high-grade assets in the Western U.S. This fits the bill perfectly. Uh, we'd like to bring in a, a partner for this. We got a group that's quite interested and got a handshake on that. Let's see if it gets to paper. If it does, that would see them drill it this year as well, uh, which we'd be very pleased about. Uh, and it'd be a similar style deal to the do it, that we did on Tuscarora. So we'd get some shares in their company, they'd see it drilled this year and they'd get the opportunity to, to earn in. So, okay, in summary, what's Eric doing all year? 
since you got the joint venture <laughs> partners like he's not running any trill programs like <laughs> what's he up it's to driving him crazy <laughs> to be honest um eric is going to be helpful on the drill program at tuscarora he would also be helpful at the drill program uh, at gooseberry if that transaction occurs um he will be involved doing both those things what Eric has been very good at is finding other projects and, and helping us bring assets into the company. Uh, so he was the head of exploration in the Western US for Newmont. So he got, to, you know, Newmont's looking for three to five million ounce deposits. So guys are coming through the door with half a million ounce, million and a half ounce deposits. He was seeing them. So we're in the process of reviewing a grouping of those uh, and, and looking to add those into the fold. You know, we've also, this has primarily been a retail story up to date, you know, and now we're looking to become more institutionally owned and, and become bigger. That's the goal for, for 2020 and 2021. Madison helps us do that. But we've also been now working with some of the different investment bankers that we know we're seeing other assets. Um, I can tell you that Eric's in a data room looking around at things as we speak. So um, we'll get a call on that this afternoon. We'll see how those go. Interesting. Okay. Let, let's switch over. <laughs> as best I can. <laughs> now let, let's switch over to Twitter. And you can't see the questions, but our audience can. It's uh, not, nothing too crazy. The first one is, uh, will Tuscarora will be drilled this year? You sort of hinted at it. Maybe the joint venture partner will do that. Is that correct? Yeah. So the, the joint venture partner has assured us that they're going to drill that this year. So they're funded. They're ready to go. Uh, they're excited to get in and, they, uh, and get drilling on that. Okay, fantastic. Our hands are a bit tight. We can't really talk about it. It has not been announced. Uh, you said the company's going public in a couple of weeks. So that's... Yeah, correct. Fantastic. All right, let's leave it at that. And uh, the net one, uh, next one is from Chet Levesque, uh, Ask USGD, when will we see drill results from Rio Tinto? What's their timeline on releasing results? Like, how are they operating there? Yeah, this comes back to my, my point earlier. Um, you know, they've been giving us weekly drill logs and, and, and providing us with information. So we're going to look to release holes in sort of batches of four or five at a time. Uh, I would suspect that happens in the next few weeks. I would think the next two to three weeks we'll start seeing assays and we'll start drafting press releases. And then from then, they're drilling for the next, for in and around the next three months. Um, they're, they're, doing, they're using one drill, a uh, daytime crew, a nighttime crew, uh, 19 days on, 10 days off. Obviously, COVID is of um, the forefront of mind for them. Uh, so they've been very cautious as to even when we go on site, um, you know, we can't have dinner with the guys or what have you. It's it's just come in, get your temp check, six feet apart. You can have conversations, etc. But uh, they're being very cautious. Uh, long long story short, to answer that question is, we'll have drills outs out here in short order, and then they'll be coming in batches, sort of every three weeks afterwards or so. Fantastic. All right. That's it from the Twitter front. Um, in terms of other catalysts, like you, you mentioned, like, uh, so we got the drill results coming out, but also quite a bit of M&A, let's call it M&A corporate action in that regard. So you got a handshake deal on Gooseberry. Um, we'll see where that goes. Like in mining, like unless the check clears for me, the or it actually is the money's <laughs> in the account, like in mining, like it's not a deal, right? Correct. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any other catalyst, Tuscarora, you mentioned? Uh, when do you expect to announce that? Like who, who's driving that one, that news flow or that piece of news flow? So, so Tuscarora is announced. We announced that about three weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, that we've, that, yeah, we've we've done it. We've done that deal. Um, the company just hasn't gone public yet, so they're, they'll start trading in about a week or two weeks. Uh, they're just going through prospectus with the uh, with the CSE, etc. So, I think they could they could trade as early as this week. So, there'll be more to say about that company at that point. Uh, but what we can say is they are uh, they are going to drill it this year. Uh, so, as soon as they get up and they get trading, they'll they have the cash that they need. They'll put out a press release and they uh, they'll be out there drilling, and that's going to give Eric some a uh, 
some work as well to be out there and, uh, and helping those guys in that program. Fantastic. He knows that project. Really Fantastic. Well. I actually just saw them personally. So like, I apologize for that. I should have known that. But run us through the points that no, of no. the agreement. Like, what are you getting out of it? Are you getting any cash? Is that anything coming in? That's really important to know. Let us fill us in there on the details. Yeah, absolutely. So we take 2 million shares of their company up front, uh, free trading at six, nine and 12 months, a third, a third and a third. Uh, $50,000 US in cash, which covers up all of our costs. They pay for claim fees, etc. So all holding costs go to them. And then they can earn up to 80% by spending $4.5 million US and doing a pre-feasibility study, as well as issuing another million shares as well. So we can end up with a total of 3 million shares of their company. They spend $4.5 million US uh, and do a pre-feasibility study. That would get them to 80%. Fantastic. Warwick, we're at the end of our time. 20 minutes always fly like crazy. It's insane. Really appreciate yeah. you joining us. Uh, everybody else, Thank you. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the questions. Really appreciate that. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, on Twitter. Make sure you turn on the alert and push uh, notifications. That way you get notified when we go live with another update here on Twitter. And... Uh, Stay tuned for another update. We've got a busy week ahead of us this this week here at SF Live, so make sure to tune in. Warwick, we'll, we'll talk very soon. Okay, I appreciate you. Thank you so much.